everybody. Welcome to the third episode of Cat's Tea in Witchcraft. My name is Fauna and I am your witchy host. Today's episode originally was going to be split up into two episodes, but I decided to take all the content and everything that I was going to go over and put it into this third episode. So this episode is going to be basically something that's going to go over how you can get started if you literally are new to the practice of witchcraft. In addition to that, I will also be going over blogs, videos, and books for you, um, just in case you are looking for some additional resources. For those who have just begun their witchcraft journey, you might be really confused about where you need to start off. And before you're gonna be doing any sort of spell work or any of the fun things that you see witches doing or things you've noticed on Instagram or YouTube from people you might already be watching, there are some steps you do need to take before you kind of jump into the game. If you are looking for resources to help you get started in your journey, there are some places you can search. Some of the places that I normally recommend to people who have questions on where can you get resources? Where can you get books? And I usually like to recommend hard copies of books if you have the ability to get them. You can literally go to any major bookstore that is such as Barnes and Nobles and Books Million if they still have them, I think. I think it's been a while since I've seen a Books Million. But I definitely know Barnes and Noble has a section with books on witchcraft. You can also try used bookstores. Sometimes I don't feel like spending 15, 20 or more dollars on a book. And if you go into the metaphysical section of a used bookstore, honestly, you can get some really cool finds. In the last episode, I think I did mention that real quick and you can find pre-used books for probably only a couple dollars and they might even have notes and highlights in them just like you would with a pre-used college textbook. It's pretty awesome. Another resource that you can look for, but this one kind of depends on where you live and it might be a little more difficult if you live in a rural area, but I'm not saying you won't be able to find this sort of place. You can always search online for crystal shops or different types of metaphysical shops. Generally, when you Google crystal shop, most of the time it is just an overall witchcraft shop. The ones that I've seen around me and the ones in different areas that I've been able to visit, they have books, cards, crystals, jewelry, and a variety of tools that different witches use as well. When you do go into some of these shops, you might realize that some of the things that they are selling can be a little expensive depending on what your price range is. And making that point, you can still go online to purchase books and tools. And sometimes you can get a lot better deals and find pre-used books that are in almost new condition. I've ordered a couple books on Barnes Noble website because they might not have particular books in the store but I have also purchased quite a few books and materials from Amazon and if you are a witch on a budget this isn't a place where you can get books necessarily but you can go to five below or Dollar Tree, Dollar General, whatever 99 cent store you have you might be able to find some tools that 
you can get for really, really cheap. My personal favorite is Dollar Tree because everything is actually a dollar. And I've gotten a ton of candles, some types of incense, jars, little decorative things depending on the time of year. But if you really look, you don't have to spend a lot of money if you want to be a witch. You can use basic things that you don't need to buy at a crystal shop or be all fancy and it doesn't even need to look witchy. It just kind of depends on your budget and your aesthetic and what you just personally prefer. Another place you can get some resources that aren't books, just since I'm talking about different stores, is you can go to craft stores as well where you can get candles, decorations, and jars. There's a lot of jars at Michael's. Like, it's it's amazing, like seriously. I'm not sure maybe if you guys have maybe seen the memes online about witches being obsessed with the jars, but I know I am and I know it is very real for a lot of people because you can use jars for so many things. So I'm gonna jump back onto the topic of books. In in a little bit in this episode, I will go over a list of books that I read when I was first getting started that I do recommend. And then I will go over some other online resources as well. But when it comes to books, I do tell people, and I know sometimes it's hard to read a book that you might not agree with, or it might be on a particular topic that you aren't interested in, but maybe you should just read it anyway if you get your hands on it. Just because you might not prefer a certain book or a certain writer unless you just really don't understand or can't stand their writing style, read the book anyway. Even if the book is a really good book or a really bad book that you just cannot stand, try to push through because maybe there are points that you read that you just do not agree with, but the fact that you read it, it helped you solidify your opinion on that topic. Or maybe you read something later that you might not have originally thought of or agreed with and it could have possibly changed your mind. So read all the resources that you can get your hands on, good or bad. There are a couple books that I have read that I might not keep or I won't recommend because sometimes they, of course, don't support my beliefs. But at the same time, not all witches and Wiccans and anyone associated in this community believe the same thing. And reading through it kind of helps you remember that nobody is going to have the exact same opinion as you or think of it in the same way. Okay, so say you've been spending a lot of time reading physical books or watching videos and reading things online and you're like, what's now? What's the next step? So... Sometimes people prefer not to work solitary, which means they're working alone and they're not working with a coven. If you are interested in working with a coven, there are ways that you can find places that are local to you. There are some websites online. Um, I think Witchvox no longer is operational or it is soon to be closing, but that is how I found my coven that I am currently working with. And as I've mentioned before, I am currently a seeker, which means I am going through the class process with them to make sure that I get my full dose of what their traditions are and that I and they work well together. But there are probably other websites online that you can find these local communities. What I would probably recommend now is to join some 
If you're on Facebook, join some Facebook witchcraft groups. There are plenty of them out there. I don't prefer using them, but I know others do because if they have questions or if they're just asking for reviews and opinions on local things around them when it comes to the craft, you could get some pretty good advice probably. I would say that because very many people have different opinions on things, take anything that you are told with a grain of salt and continue to do your own research to confirm if you believe what they say. Just like any topic or any religion out there, you do not want to blindly follow just whatever anyone says about the topic that says they know about a particular topic. Make your own educational decision on what you believe and if you believe them or not. Because not everyone in this community might be offering the best advice or actually being willing to want to help you. Stranger danger is a thing still in any community. So say you do find some covens that you are interested in joining or at least getting to know them because they at least the ones that I have heard do not just let you join and you are automatically part of the coven. Many of them have an interview process and even a year or more of classes that you have to go through before you might become an official member or if you become a member at all. Say you find a couple groups going back to that and you want to meet them. I would recommend, and hopefully they recommend this as well, is to meet in a public place or maybe do a video chat at least for the first meeting to see how you guys get along, get the feel of each other. Because you might not like them or they might not like you or maybe you just don't vibe well. So you want to maybe meet a couple people in a public place just for safety, just like you would on a blind or a brand new date. Say you find a couple groups that you do like or you find the one that you would prefer to work with and the next step is to maybe meet a few more people in their community. They could possibly invite you to their meeting place or another public meeting place and to meet a couple people. They might ask you some questions but keep an ear open for things that might sound kind of awkward. If they ask questions that seem a little bit uncomfortable, maybe it might not be the right group for you. But say everything goes well and the next step is to maybe start the class process or maybe they even invite you to an event to really see if this is something or a group you want to continue to get to know. That's what happened to me. I met the high priestess of the coven that I am working with and I think it was one or two other members and we just went to get coffee. We went to Barnes and Noble and we got coffee and they told me what the expectations were and what my possible expectations were and from there they made a decision. We seemed to get along and things worked out pretty well. For me and for some other people in different groups, the next step after you guys decide you might want to work together is at least in the Wiccan tradition, you do a year and a day class, which is a year and a day where you study with them, you learn their traditions, and you might possibly become a member of the coven afterwards. It just all depends on what the expectations and their personal traditions. But like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, stranger danger is still a thing in any community. So never meet anyone or a group in private that you do not know and do not trust. Also, you do not need to do 
anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or that feels wrong or that you know is illegal. There is no requirement to do drugs, have group relations, taking off your clothes, or giving people money. Use your intuition. Use your gut. If something feels strange, either change the subject and try to leave or just try to get out there depending on what the situation is. Your safety is important and you do not need to do things that makes you feel uncomfortable. But I did say when it comes to spending money, you might have to put in a little bit of money and I'm not saying giving them hundreds of dollars like not I'm not saying there's like tuition you need to pay the only time I would say that is appropriate is when it comes to supplies sometimes you need to print out your own documents or you need to bring your own supplies so you might need to put a little bit of money into it or if you are being provided say papers and supplies or if they're giving you books and if they're saying, hey, if you can put up maybe $10, $15 here and there to make up for the cost because some supplies are expensive. And if someone is paying out of their own pocket, helping them out a little bit might not be a bad thing. But in no way spend hundreds or thousands of dollars to become a part of this. You do not need to do that. Like, I cannot stress that enough. And another thing, and it all depends on the tradition and what you are comfortable with, there are some groups that do work in the nude. They, I think they call it skyclad. I don't really hear people use that word a lot, but there are some traditions that work with minimal clothing or no clothing. So if that makes you uncomfortable, that might not be the tradition for you just because you don't wanna do something that you don't wanna do. And with some of this information, there are covens that will not allow people under the age of 18 or even under the age of 21 to begin studying with them or to join them. And some of that reason is because of a maturity level, but as well, you don't wanna have a large group of adults teaching children that are not their own these strange traditions that other people do not understand. And because some of the traditions in certain groups does involve drinking alcohol during some of the rituals. And you cannot involve, at least in the United States, or depending on what the legal age of drinking is in your country, because I know Europe is a little bit different. So if you're in the United States, at least a lot of groups do not start to train people under the age of 21 or age of eight, under the age of 18 at all. So if you are under some of those ages, it does not mean you cannot become a witch or study witchcraft. It just might mean you might not be able to work with a coven until you are in your 20s or however old you are and you might have to study on your own and be solitary for a little bit. So going back to the beginning on the idea of things you can do when you are really getting started with witchcraft and say you don't want to put a lot of money in yet and you kind of just want to see where things go because maybe you aren't sure if witchcraft or becoming Wiccan is for you and you're just trying to get a feel for it. I would say, like I said before, you do not need to immediately go out or spend a lot of money on things that you aren't sure if it's for you yet. What I would advise is maybe start out getting some books. Books you can get at a lot of different places. Or you can go online and read and watch videos. If you do want to get some supplies, the things I would recommend getting are 
basic white candles, maybe some candle holders, and some notebooks as well. And I'm not talking about like leather bound handmade paper notebooks. You can get spiral bound, loose leaf paper, or anything that is pretty much school supplies because it does not matter what it looks. It's just for taking notes. I personally have a lot of different notebooks that I use things for. I have one notebook specifically for writing down my dreams. I have another one that is used to just write down anything that deals with divination. And then I have a basic one that just goes over anything that I might learn. It's kind of a mix between a diary and then a witchy diary, if you consider them two separate things. Because maybe you, learn something and you just want to write about how you feel about it why you feel about it maybe you just learned about divination or you learned something about meditation and it just sparked you something in your brain that you want to write down and you want to remember that detail for later so notebooks and writing things down is a really good idea if you are in the position where you are not openly practicing around your friends or family you can also write your notes down on your computer. You can use Google Docs. You can just save documents to your computer if no one else shares that computer with you. But just writing things down is a major part of your witchcraft journey. Even if you do voice to text, whatever it is, you talk to your phone and you take down notes or ideas or things that come to mind, that's okay too. It does not matter where you keep these notes as long as it's safe, that you can access them and you can keep them organized somehow. And then on top of that, like I said, you can use some candles, you can get some incense just to kind of use to get into a witchy mindset because meditating is very, very helpful. I personally am not very good at it. There's only been a handful of times where I feel like I have just had a very good meditation process because it is very hard to get into that blank mind space, but there are different traditions and styles of meditation that does not involve that, but I will get into that in a future episode. Some other things as well that you can do early on into your witchy practices, go outside and spend time in the woods. Go visit some national parks, or if you have some woods and forests that you can go around your home or trails just to maybe collect some dirt, maybe find some leaves and flowers that you're allowed to pick and just kind of make that a part of maybe once or twice a week or every weekend and just become a part of nature because nature is a very big part of witchcraft. A couple other things that you might be able to do without costing any additional money is do some yoga you can just do some personal reflecting and stuff like that which sometimes people consider it tying in with meditation but also just sitting down drinking tea or coffee and reflecting on things you've learned or things that are going on in your life reflect on your actions or things that you've done or things that people around you have done and what and how you feel about that Working on personal growth is also a very big part of witchcraft because as human beings and spiritual creatures, you want to continue to grow and become the best version of you. One last note I'm going to go over before I start getting into book recommendations and stuff is if you are using candles or incense or any sort of tools around children and animals, 
please pay attention. Do not leave anything that is hot or burning left unattended around children or animals because things can catch on fire. If you have a cat or a dog or a young child, things can get knocked over and they can get hurt. Things can catch on fire and that is not something that you want to happen. Practice responsible witchcraft. <laughs> okay, one more actual thing. that The last thing was not the last thing. This just came to mind. I also, at least for a personal opinion, when you first get started, do not expect to have spells work off the back. I'm not saying that they won't. I just personally do not recommend someone who is very, very early in the process of witchcraft or becoming a witch to just jump into casting spells because sometimes they can get really complicated or there's things that you just have not learned yet. But a lot of people might disagree with me and say, you can do magic at any point. I do not recommend that just do enough research. You might maybe find some simple ones that you might not have any problem with, but do not expect to have a large, complicated ritual to work off the bat when you have maybe only been studying for a couple days, weeks, or even a couple months. Witchcraft and learning things is a long-term process. But if you disagree with that, you do you, boo. It's all up to you. Props to you if you want to take that step early on and maybe you might even be better than me and there are a lot of witches that are a lot better than me and I have no problem saying that. Okay, on to some of the more fun stuff. I'm going to get into actual resources such as books, YouTubers, and bloggers that I or some other of my friends recommend as well because I did ask because I personally don't actually read a lot of witch blogs, but I do watch a little bit more YouTube when it comes to videos. But in my personal opinion, I prefer reading books. In the last episode, I did recommend two books. The first book that I recommended was uh, Raymond Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft. It is a giant blue book that has a lot of information. So I would recommend that being one of the first ones that you pick up. And then an additional one that I went over was The Inner Temple of Witchcraft, and that was by Christopher Penzak. Christopher Penzak is, at least in my community, is one that people do prefer, but... If he's not for you, that's okay. I would also, like I said, recommend Raymond Buckland is one that I have read quite a few times. And I'm kind of just going through books, if you hear them in the background that I've had. I've taken them off my shelf in the ones that I'm recommending. If you are into crystals, this is a pretty hefty little book I have here. It looks like it was styled in the 80s or earlier based off the cover, but it's adorable. It's, um, it's called Love is in the Earth. A Kaleidoscope of Crystals, and this one, I guess, is the updated one. And what's, who's the author? I think it says the last name of the author is called Melody, and it goes over different crystals. It's, like, it's practically a textbook, and there are no pictures, so you're going to have to know the name of the crystal that you're using or at least know a description of the crystals you're using. But this thing has how many pages? It even has, like, index and... Yeah, the index is massive. Okay, so this is over a 700-page book of different crystals. So if you're looking for crystals, maybe you might want to pick up this book. And if you are into or wanting to learn about 
essential oils the book that i have is called the complete book of essential oils and aromatherapy it is by valerie ann warwood this one has been a pretty handy one i haven't used it too much but when i have it, it's it's pretty good it has different oils in it that you can learn about and what they're for different things that they're associated with but it also has different little recipes and it might be little spells i think um that you can do with this one of them i just flipped you a page it says making your own formulas to treat stress some other things are for allergies migraines nausea but if you're interested in oils, I would recommend not internally ingesting them just because I am afraid of maybe taking something that I am allergic to. But there are oils that you can use externally or in aromatherapy that are toxic to either you or your pets. So be careful when you use um, essential oils unless you know how to use them. Another book that I would recommend is Scott Cunningham. It is called Earth, Air, Fire, and Water as well as here's a really nice looking one this is also a raymond buckland one it's called wicca for life the way of the craft from birth to summerlands this one's a nice one it's not it wasn't too hard of a read a lot of his books i feel like are pretty easy breezy i i at least i think so i think they're good and then he also wrote wicca for one raymond buckland wicca for one the uh, path of solitary witchcraft and then the last one I have that I would also recommend is by Scott Cunningham, and it is called Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner. So if you want some easy books to read that you might be able to find in some big bookstores or online, those are ones that I feel like might work out pretty well. If you are interested in Wicca in particular, because those are all Wicca-based books, but even if you're not interested in Wicca, there are different traditions and practices and just some advice that any witch can use. Okay, so there aren't just books that you can use as resources, like I've said before. Some websites that I can recommend is Pathios or Pathios, depending on how you pronounce it. That is a really good website that I actually use more than others and there's a bunch of articles and kind of blog sort of things and also just various topics that you can research on not just witchcraft I feel I think the overall website goes over many religions so you can get different opinions and different informations as well from that and that is pretty awesome there's a bad witches blog hood witch Keeping Her Keys and We Moon, that was recommended by a friend. For some other podcasts, if you don't already listen to them, you can listen to Seeking Witchcraft, Witch Wednesdays, The Witch Wave, and The Fat Feminist Witch, which I also listen to as well, as well as Seeking Witchcraft. Actually, by this point, I actually listen to all of these podcasts because I go through phases where I listen to all of their stuff and like binge it, and then I try to keep up with the um the different podcasts but there's so many different podcasts sometimes it's a little hard to keep up and then for youtubers these are ones that a lot of people like to go to i won't necessarily say that they're all my favorite but other people have recommended these there's the green witch there's harmony nice she has also written a book there's mint fairy and the witch of wonderlust when it comes to youtubers like podcasts, a lot of people give you their opinion and a lot of people have also written books or write articles, but just 
any books, any podcasts, and any YouTubers, just take what they say with a grain of salt and try to experience things on your own and do your research as well as you can listen to them. When I say do your research, listen to them, take note, and then if they have said some information that you have been able to find on other resources, you can probably bet that that is a common thing that either in a particular tradition or witches like to follow. Or like I said, I will let you know when something is my own personal opinion and they most likely do as well. So just go from there and make your own opinion. Another source that what people call baby witches now, I don't completely like that term for different reasons. And there are other podcasts that have talked about the use of the word baby witch. I don't prefer it, but I know a lot of people just think it's easier to be called a baby witch. But that term and this particular resource, I do not recommend. I do not recommend getting at least an extensive amount of your information off of TikTok. There are a lot of witches that are on TikTok and the community is called Witch Talk. I used to be on TikTok. I no longer have it for um, security reasons. I don't want to use it just because I'm kind of afraid of using TikTok. And um, when I did use it, I loved it. But at the same time, there were a lot of things that I heard and saw on TikTok that were questionable. And all the other resources I gave you, I and I'm still telling you to make your own opinion when it comes to this. Some people love witch talk. They absolutely love it. And it can be a fun community. But when I was using it around last year, there seemed to be a lot of drama because people were getting into, well, my opinion's right. No, your opinion's right. Or no, you're right. Or you're wrong. And this and that. There was a lot of drama. And I don't know if that's still going on. But it was absolutely ridiculous. And I don't think that is right. I feel like that is a very toxic behavior for the community or any community to have that sort of drama when they are trying to use the platform as an educational thing. And another reason I don't recommend TikTok, maybe just for education and you might get some cool little tips and tricks here and there are witches on there that actually do give good advice but a lot of it is getting drowned out. And because like Instagram, the internet is very good at editing things. You see this witchy aesthetic, you hear this cool music, and you see all this stuff. And for some people, it might give you a false sense of what witchcraft really is. Because witchcraft is not hocus pocusy, bibbidi bobbidi boo Harry Potter. You're not going to be able to fly. You're not going to be able to make things randomly manifest in front of you like you see in our favorite witch movies. It's just not reality. So please, when you are using some of these social media sites for information, take it with a grain of salt, just like everything else, because some people are making videos certainly just for views and aesthetic purposes. They want the views, things look cool, or they might try to like make it look like a creature is manifesting in the video. And I'm not saying it might not be, but people are very good at editing videos, using Photoshop, and really good at using TikTok because they have some really cool features that might cause some confusion. So it looks like I just barely hit over the 30 minute mark and I might actually call this as the end of the podcast because I wanna keep these podcasts, at least without 
talking with other witches and maybe in the future having episodes that have interviews those might run a little longer but when it comes to these more educational short term ones I want to keep them between 30 minutes and 45 minutes so thank you for listening to this podcast and dealing with my rambling I'm sorry if I tripped over my tongue a little bit because there was quite a bit of information to go through between two different episodes I was originally planning this for if you would like and you haven't already followed the podcast social media pages I would appreciate it on Instagram you can find it at cats tea and witchcraft on Twitter it is cats tea and witch and also there's YouTube so you can find it at cats tea and witchcraft podcast and in the podcast description you can also find the website as well as if you would like to send an email at cats tea and witchcraft podcast at gmail.com thank you for stopping by and I will talk to you in the next episode blessed be